And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another edition of Rod Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Hey, and I think we've got a really exciting show for you tonight. Before we get to our, our first guest, let me just go down the list. Hey, right a little bit after uh, our introductions, we're going to have Captain Bill Wilkerson. He's the owner-operator of the Malahini. What an exceptional week of fishing the Malahini has had. We're going to talk a little bit to Captain Bill about that. And then later on at 6 o'clock, we're going to have the newly named Executive Director of the Coastal Conservation Association of California, Mr. Wayne Cotto. He's going to be with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Coastal Conservation Association. That's the CAA. A lot of you have been hearing about that. Let's get down to what it's all about. And then at 6.40, we have Coast Guard Reservist Bob Simons. He's going to be with us. Bob has just come up with a new non-pyrotechnic SOS device that is Coast Guard approved. He's going to talk to us all about that. So a great show, but before we uh, get on to it, let me introduce you to the other co-hosts of Rod and Reel Radio. Number one, he is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. He's a freshwater and saltwater fisherman of pretty good renown, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? So far, so good. Kind of getting ready for my next weekend's adventure. It looks like it's going to be an adventure, too. we got hurricanes coming up the line. I, get, I might get wet. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as the fish are wet when you bring them in, it doesn't make any difference whether you're wet or dry. Stand. Just keep it sure. a little cleaner before we get home. Yeah. Hey, also, my other co-host, I'm really proud to have her on. She is the uh, national sales manager for Iserline, and she is an outdoor th- enthusiast in her own right. She's just back from a trip, too, that we're going to be talking about. She's been cleaning fish for the past 48 hours, I think. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be home and looking forward to my next trip. Oh, man, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, listen, let me introduce to you our first guest because there are hundreds of fishermen this week that have gone out with them. They've had an epic week and hopefully a lot of epic trip and fish to be caught. He's the owner-operator of the Malahini out of H&M Sport Fishing, Captain Bill Wilkerson. Captain Bill, how you doing, sir? Hey, guys, how y'all doing today? Not too bad. We're hanging in there yourselves. 
we are doing well, Bill, but I, you know, I need to talk to you. I mean, has there been a more exciting week, do you think, in you running three-quarter day trips than you've had the past week? Well, you know, I, I think the highlight of our week uh, thus far, or I should say so far this season, has been the 126.5-year bluefin tuna that was caught. I do believe it was on Thursday aboard our boat by a 16-year-old kid. Wow, a 16-year-old kid. Do you have any details on exactly what happened? I understand it possibly could have been the first fish he'd ever caught. Uh, no, he fished, fished before, but not with us. That's the first uh, big tuna he ever caught. Uh, he's caught, you know, I do believe, Yellowstone and stuff like that. His, his parents uh, came out from, I do believe, it was Wisconsin. They come out here every year to hang, you know, to, for vacation. And uh, the dad, unfortunately, didn't go on his trip with him. He came by himself. And he had a good time. You know, he hooked a, a fish for an hour and 15 minutes. And next thing you know, we put three gaps in it, brought it on board. We taped it out at about 135, and when we got to the dock, it was 126.5. Wow. Bill, this, Bill, this is Stan. Uh, so when you went out, I mean, this, this big stuff has been kind of scooting around up and down the bank here for the last month. You know, and, and we see pieces here, pieces there, and the guys hang them. They don't get them. Was this, was this on his own rod? Was this a rental rod? What did he catch? Uh, this was on one of the uh, deckhands rods, I do believe. What a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. It was it wasn't rental gear. I know that. Oh yeah, I would I would not imagine that. Well, Bill, you know, uh, it the Malahini has been running some different schedules than some of the other three quarter day boats we've been keeping track of. They've been uh, a lot of the boats I think have been going down into the Mexican waters and they've just been doing great numbers on the yellowtail. You though have been running some different trips. You want to tell us a, a little bit about. You know the difference in what you've been doing. Well, when when Mexico uh, actually requires uh, passports within 12 miles of the Mexican coastline, I uh, talked to a few people and uh, we decided that it would probably be best for us to do a freelance trip as opposed to a destination style trip. So basically, we would start it up. When we first started this, we started up. We'd start out on the nine where the uh, backside of the nine U.S. waters where the bluefin had you know, shown themselves, and we, we'd have somewhat limited success with that, and then we'd go from there to the nine-mile bank, you know, fishing 40, 30, and 20 fathoms of water, finding areas around there for us to fish. And then, you know, we'd catch rockfish and then slide into Imperial Beach to finish our day with calico bass and sand bass, and it seemed like it was catching on really good. We started running really nicely. You know, and I figured a, a lot of the people that we carry um, on a regular basis meaning tourists coming from out of state, aren't really going to bring a passport to come to San Diego for a vacation. So it, 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 it really kind of worked out for us, you know, and then we decided to go ahead and stick with it, even though the guys, you know, were having very good success at the islands catching Yellowtail. You know, it seems like our stuff kind of took a dump yesterday and today, though, from what I understand. I'll, have to, I'll talk to Captain uh, Mike Zayak, who's running the boat today. We actually fished the islands. We, we will fish the islands every Sunday from now until whenever. But during the week, we will be running offshore chasing yellowfin and bluefin like we've been doing. Well, you know, uh, you had to have an excited young man for catching that 126-pound uh, yellowfin. Do you know about where you were when you caught it? And was it on a live bait or was it on a jig or what? Uh, live bait. 
We're about 22 miles from home. Man. That's all I'm going to tell you. You know, hey, John, <laughs> I was on the Independence on my five-day trip, and we heard about about the great catch, and we ended up going over there and fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's been fish there, you know, for about uh, two or three weeks. You know, we had some really nice scores on Yellowfin uh, earlier in the week, and then we decided, because nobody had been uh, to the south, you know, the 420, the 425, the 370 around that area, so we decided to run down there and take a look the uh, day before yesterday, and it, it, it there's fish there, but it's not ready to bite yet. Uh, yesterday, we fished the same area we fished the day before, and, and we had limited success. You know, I mean, these, these bluefin are huge. You know, we went, uh, I do believe, uh, 13 for 30 on our first stop uh, on the bluefin uh, on Saturday. Well, wow. Now, Bill, yeah, okay, if, 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 I, if people are going out with you then, what type of an outfit do you suggest, or outfits, I should say, uh, do I suggest? Do you suggest they bring uh, on one of your trips? I fish. I fish mainly with a eight-foot bait stick, uh, a ninety jig throw jig, and uh, a basically a yo-yo iron or yo-yo yo-yo rod, two seventy. Uh, heavy, something like that. I'd bring three setups. The yo-yo iron uh, fishing, I'd use no less than 50 pounds. The uh, bait stick, uh, 40, 45, or 40 or 50 pounds. And then don't forget your fluorocarbon because these, these fish are, these bluefin are really shy. You know, and they, they'll see the line and they won't bite. Uh, for the jig uh, stick, 40 pounds. Caddy 45 pretty much came on. We've had uh, several yellow fin and uh, blue fin on, on jigs this year so far. It's been good fishing, guys. Right. Well, you know, uh, we had uh, Captain uh, Bobby Taft from the Top Gun 80 on uh, last week, and he was telling us about some of this uh, inside fishing, that it seems like the red crabs are slowly dying off, but you're seeing more fin fish out there. Uh, are you seeing the same thing? I would, I would, I would say probably yeah. I would say probably. I don't think we've seen very much red crab here in in, in about a week because the fish that we're filleting there. I don't think they're juggled crabs at all. I'm not really sure. Now, when you say that they should be rigged up with a, a fluorocarbon a, a leader or whatever it is, are you getting the type of bait right now that you can successfully fish using a, a forty or fifty pound fluorocarbon leader on? Oh, I think so. I think so. Sardines are, are very active uh, here, here as here as of late. You know, we've getting we've been getting a, a lid of chilvy as well. The chilvy is basically the chum. Uh, yesterday, I was talking to Captain Mike, and he said, you know, guys could flip could flip a chilvy on you know thirty pound with a three quarter ounce egg sinker. They they would probably have gotten bit. Wow, that's pretty neat. Uh, are uh, you know for any of the rental rods or anything like that? Are you guys encouraging them to use maybe dropper loops or something like that, and to go on down to see if they can catch any fish uh, deep? No. Most okay. of the stuff that we've seen, most of the stuff that we've seen and hooked has been on the surface. You know, I'm. Uh, I would imagine a dropper loop might work, might not 
might not work. And if I'm fishing a dropper loop, I really don't fish a dropper loop. I use, I use a, a six-ounce torpedo sinker, uh, line tied to one side, hook tied to the other, and slowly let it descend. Wow. Now, you know, Stan uh, said that he's going out next week, and uh, there seems to be what, some weather coming up the coastline. I've noticed uh, it looked like some wind coming on up. Have uh, you had any word on what the conditions are going to be next week? I have no idea. I'm actually going to check the forecast tonight when I get home and take a look and see what's going on. And that, that's going to be a big determining factor in what we're going to fish the following week. Right. Well, also, I'm going to imagine, uh, Captain Bill, that uh, going out during the weekday is probably the time to go out because you guys uh, have just been jammed during the weekend. So if you could possibly get on on the weekday, do it. And are you fishing six days, seven days a week? Uh, what's your schedule? The boat is fishing seven days a week. We fish six days offshore to where no passport is required. The seventh day, which would be Sunday, we fish the Coronado Islands where a passport is required. Uh, the boat leaves the dock at 5.30 in the morning, gets back between 5 and 6.30 p.m. The cost of the trip is $145. That includes the bait and all your permits and stuff. Well, I know, you know, with some of the beautiful uh, fish that uh, the guys are getting, I know that, uh, you know, part of the uh, routine, especially for the deckhands, is that they will fillet your fish on the boat. Uh, but also, do they have uh, any resentment that if you catch really a 60, 70-pound fish, whatever it is, that you keep it whole and maybe bring it on over to one of the processors? No. <laughs> I, you know, I... I... I, I I would prefer to have to have him fillet on the boat. Okay, personally, I, I really would. Can understand that for sure. Uh, so, you know, yep, it understands. So, what you right now you're saying for the fishermen that are coming on during the week to uh, bring a, a, a like a 25 pound rig, a, a 30 pound rig, and a 40 rig or or larger? I'd say 50, especially if we run into these bigger bluefin. You know, 50 pound rig with. Uh, Maybe 50-pound uh, floral. Okay. But, I mean, it's, you know, it, it depends. You know, with last week uh, we saw several schools that we estimated had fish anywhere from 80 to 160 pounds in it. Wow. That'll work. Yeah. You know, you get bit and you just watch these guys with these, with these rods spooled in about, I don't know, 30 seconds. How many of them do you hook? Say that correctly. <laughs> I mean, that's, that sounds pretty good, but how many of you, let's say you roll into that stuff and you get baits out there, out of 20 guys, how many guys get a shot at them? Oh, I'd say probably 12. Really? That's pretty uh, good. Yeah. We, we we turn sideways, and you see it come up the chum line, and then, then just straight charge the boat. All of a sudden, looking down the side of the boat, you see rods just bend, bing, 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 bend. And you hear the line screaming off. All of a sudden, you see, you're looking again. You pink. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow. That must have been really big fish. <laughs> A really exciting, Bill. Uh, are are you guys trolling to uh, to get these fish on the first stop? Are you finding them on meters marks, or is it uh, a count? basically basically we're looking for bird schools to start out, bird schools and hammerhead sharks and kelp. You know, I don't. I, we we had one stop on Thursday where we went. Uh, I think seven for or twelve. Yeah, seven for twelve off of a jig strike for a yellowfin. You know, on the yellowfin we've been catching. Uh, 
here recently have been anywhere from, I'm going to say, 12 to 50 pounds. Wow. Yeah, we had a 50-pound yellowfin the same day we had that 126-pound bluefin. Well, wow. Bill, it's, it's always good to see that, uh, yeah, the overnight and the day and a half and the extended uh, trips are, are paying off, too. But for those uh, people that uh, just don't have the time to do it, that they can go out and really get a quality trip, especially aboard the Malahini out of H&M, uh, and, and get a chance of, of catching a fish of a lifetime. That's sensational. Hey, for people yeah. that are interested in doing that, how's the best way to book to get aboard the Malahini, yeah, Bill? Well, there's there's actually three ways you can do it. You can go to our Facebook page, that's Malahini Sport Fishing, uh, on Facebook, or you can go to the landing website, that's hmlanding.com, and then make your reservation that way by just clicking on the online booking tab, or you can call the landing office at 619-222-1144. And just tell them you want to pick this date and you want to fish aboard the Malahini. All right, sir. Well, we're wishing you continued good success. It looks like we have a season that's going to do nothing but get better. And, and man, going out for yellowfin and bluefin, especially in this part of July, that's uh, just icing on the cake, Captain Bill. You, you just have a lot of success, and we look forward to speaking to you during the summer to see just how well you're doing. Done deal, John. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you very much for having me on. No, thank you for oh, taking Thanks the, for the update, too. Gosh. Appreciate that. Captain Bill Wilkerson from uh, H&M Landing, the Malahini. Hey, you know, these guys, we appreciate them coming on with us because Captain Bill said he's going out seven days a week. They leave at 5 in the mo- 5.30 in the morning, come back 6 in the evening, seven days a week. Man, that is a schedule. So, Captain Bill and all the people from the Malahini, thank you very much for being with us. Hey, we got to take a break right now. Coming up next. Phil Friedman with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? And then we also have a special guest in studio here that we're going to introduce too. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride and hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BloomFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Boy, we have a full house tonight. Not only is Stan Vandenberg with us and Woody Toshahar. But before we get to our next segment, I want to introduce to you a special guest we have with us. He's live at the Angler's Arsenal Studios here in La Mesa. We're going to talk with him a little bit later on, but he's a fishing enthusiast. So whatever he can add to the conversation, I'm always all ears. Welcome to the show, Wayne Kotal. Wayne, how you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, hey, it's great having you on, Wayne, and, uh, you know, just great fishing to have, and I know you're you're taking part of it and part of it too. Yeah, I love fishing. So anytime I can hear all the updates and hear what's going on on the water, it helps my fishing too. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get the latest update on what's happening, and now it's time for what the heck is Phil thinking? And it's with the voice behind PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing? Doing great, John, Wendy, Stan, Wayne. It's always great to be with you all. How how are you doing? Uh, we're all doing great over here. I mean, uh, we're just kind of uh, biting at the bit. Not only hear your report, but just all the things that are happening out there. What a selection of fishing to do here off our Southern California coast. Uh, uh, almost unprecedented. John, I'll run through some of the things, and then we can chat about it in a moment. But you are absolutely right. There is so much going on. It's such an exciting time of the year, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. And all I have to do is look out our front door here. We've got 13 great white sharks out there goofing around and breaching every once in a while here in Surfside. So it's just exciting almost anywhere you go. I wanted to start just with a reminder to everybody that next Sunday, the 19th, I'll be coming to you live from 
Plaza, Mexico. We're doing a blood drive there for Children's Hospital, and we really need to get a lot of people to come out there. So July the 19th, Plaza, Mexico is in Linwood, California. Come by. We'll have a little booth set up there where people are donating blood, and we will have a free $45 free fishing trip on the city of Long Beach out of Marina Sport Fishing for everybody who comes down and donates blood. So we are looking forward to that. Let me get into what is going on in San Diego. You know, the last week there was so much fish so close to Point Loma that the boys just hung in there. They couldn't leave it. They were seeing yellowfin. They saw bluefin tuna. Buzz Brisson on the prowler slid on bluefin and so did a lot of other guys. 100 to 200 pounds. It looked like a Volkswagen had been dropped in the water when you saw some of these boils. It was really, really incredible. But that fish never really wanted to get on the bite on any kind of consistent basis. So this weekend, the fleet down in San Diego made the decision to spread out and start looking. And yesterday, the Ocean Odyssey and Captain Rick Scott came up with limits of yellowfin tuna out of H&M Landing and 100 big yellowtail on the kelps. And today, a lot of the fleet is in this area, 80, 85 miles south of San Diego, and they are getting the job done. Prowler limits of yellowfin tuna. Several other boats getting a piece of it. Really looks good. Probably the leading edge of this yellowfin tuna that the long-range boys were on for quite some time down below. So it is really starting to look up and look good down there. And I think the floodgates are going to open up big time. In the Coronado Islands, great yellow action going on for the most part. There was an awful lot of boats there this weekend. But you look at the uh, boat like the San Diego out of Seaforth, and my God, he's up there around 100 to 200 yellowtail every day. Yesterday dropped off, and, but it was because of boat pressure. There's so many yellows. They eat the fly line bait. They eat the, the surface iron. It's really, really incredible. And Catalina is pretty spectacular also. If you had a drawback on cat, it was probably the grade of yellowtail there. There was a lot of this three to eight pound fish, and while that's still there, man, they are starting to grow up in a hurry. There's a lot of this 12 to 20 pound yellowtail now starting to invade the island, some up over 30 for some of the boats. Freedom today, 168 yellows at Catalina. Toronado with a little bit under 100. Thunderbird, 129, over 200 on a two-day trip. Sport King, 86 yellows. Pursued up over 60 yellows and was still fishing the last time I talked to him. Great fishing up on the surface, crashing around. And nobody's even talking about the fact that there's calico bass everywhere. There's some really excellent bonita fishing, which is really great to see. It's such a great entry-level species for kids to get involved in fishing with. And it's just going on and on and on, really looking good. And if that doesn't top everything... I had a very, very, very good source of mine tell me and give me some lat longs on some yellowfin tuna off Catalina Island with some marlin sleepers around there also. So that sounds really interesting also. The Sea Trek wandered off of Oceanside, caught a Dorado. My friend Ryan Gillette was working and Eddie Leland independently of each other about five miles off of Oceanside, a private boat fishing, looking for kelps, looking for breezers, and they found a lot of yellowfin tuna there. Only five miles outside, so that's looking great. The sea track today with a Dorado. Then he came into the beach, caught four big yellowtail, that 18 to 25-pound stuff, and then lots of sand and calico bass. Horseshoe kelp, John, there's still really good signal. It got pushed down again on the weekend. Bow pressure, it's pretty predictable. We know that's going to happen, but there's still some excellent barracuda in there and some sand bass and calico bass, and you think that's just going to get better. Again, slow this weekend due to boat pressure for the most part, but... That should come back. And then up in the Channel Islands, great bottom bite, the, uh, the white sea bass bite. 
The Barracuda bite, the yellow bite has been slower there out of Cisco's the past few days with excellent bottom fishing, and I think that'll get going again. Probably see a really nice big surge to that sea bass bite on the next full moon. So, I mean, as you say, John, and, and that's the tip of the iceberg, seriously. There is a lot going on. If you're a surf fisherman, there's a tremendous surf fishing bite going on with yellowfin croaker and corvina. And uh, as I keep telling you, I'm waiting for that rooster fish to wander in here to surf side someday. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just mind-boggling, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, it might already be off Coronado, and we just have no one fishing for them, Phil. But i got to tell you, you've, you are excited because that is absolutely the longest sentence without a period I have ever heard anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm going to need oxygen after this report. Oh, that, that was a good report. I'm waiting for the... Uh, those roosters that show off off a of bolsa chica or something like that on the surf line there, we'll, we'll all go down there. Well, uh, well, I'm with you. I'm with you, Stan and John. And who knows, this year anything is definitely possible. There was the spotter plane has already seen a blue marlin up in the Catalina Channel, and uh, last year was spectacular. And this year I think we're just starting to see this tuna push in, and there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff with it, all that tropical and subtropical fish probably moving toward us right now as we speak. So did you say that the uh, that yellowfin that was down there at 160, 180 miles popped back up at 85? Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's the guess. Nobody knows for sure, Stan, but that's what Buzz was thinking, and he was thinking that it's more like the leading edge because there are boys down below that that are still putting the wood to some more. Uh, it seems like there's a bigger quantity down below. But it just started to move in there, and it seemed like Rick Scott on the Ocean Odyssey found it. And then the rest of the fleet got in there today and did some business. There was some good catches late last night. Also, Pacific Queen found a kelp for, I think, 80 yellowfin tuna on one kelp. So this area is very, very lively. There's a lot of bait in that area, and things are really hopping and looking good. And, and that guy that told me about the area of tuna there at Catalina Island told me there were whales. There was bait jumping out of the water. There was tuna blowing out. He was really excited. He was doing some filming for some shark documentary stuff and doing some mako shark tagging stuff. So uh, he wasn't into catching the tuna, but he, sh- he keeps me up to date on that kind of thing. And, man, it's had a really, really juicy. I think there's going to be something going on up here in this neck of the woods really, really soon also. You know, Phil, I was talking to a private boater on Tuesday. I was at the Shelter Island Launch Ramp, and they were telling me the story on how they were leaving San Diego uh, uh, Bay, and they got to the Whistler, and they just said, hey, why don't we just, uh, you know, take our trolling rigs and just kind of set them on up and get them all tuned up so when we get on out there, we're going out to the nine-mile bank, we'll be all ready to go. We don't have to any waste any time out there. So they, they set their trolling rigs out. They were using marauders and feathers. And Phil, at the Whistler, they got three fish. I think there was, uh, I understand one of them was about a 60-pound bluefin, and there were a couple of yellowfin. Wow. That's that's just three miles off the harbor entrance. And Wayne, you're uh, nodding your head. Did you hear that story too? I heard the same thing, and I was surprised that they were pulling marauders that close to Point Loma. I'm thinking, wow, they're just outside the kelp line right there, and they're just going to get them all hooked up. And then they then I heard the story that they actually hooked up with the tuna. I was like, oh, who ever thought about throwing those things out at that point? <laughs> you know, this is almost like Woodard getting that wahoo last year at the same spot. Yeah. Oh, uh, we didn't have that many marauders in the shop, and they just vanished, and I don't even know where they went. And the, the guy was showing me uh, 
uh, you know, uh, it was uh, uh, one of the uh, black and purple martyrs. He says, hey, you have any of these in the shop? And I go, no, I used to. They all disappeared. I'm not sure why. And that's why all of a sudden, you know, no secrets in this industry, I don't no. think. No, everybody's on it now. Those things are going to be gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can find them, that's another thing. Well, Phil, it is exciting out there, especially, you know, you get the greatest tips talking about some yellowfin around Catalina Island. Can you give us any more information about that? Yeah, let me shoot. I'll spill the beans here. Let me see <laughs> if I can grab this flat long. Now, I, I can tell you it's an old spot that we used to call Freedom Rock. I bet Stan knows it. It's up off the west end. It comes up to 125 fathoms. And it's not right on Freedom Rock. It is um, nearby there. And I'm going to get into my phone here, if you don't mind, and try to find this for you real, real quick. But, uh, uh, he, I mean, it was just full of all kinds of really great life and looking really, really excellent. And I got a sneaking suspicion that if somebody goes up there, they're, well, they're going to see that fish. But if they, if I, I'm hoping that they catch the stuff too. And uh, one more second here, I almost have it. It's up there, west of the West End, probably about six miles, as I remember. That used to be a great rock hot spot out there in 125 fathoms that we used to fish. And uh, it, it really, I'm stalling for time in case. I, the, my <laughs> no, it just seems like anything that's got an upswelling, anywhere that there's a high yeah. spot that the that bait can collect on. These fish are moving into those areas, and, and it's there until the bait's gone. And this stuff has to eat. The red crabs are gone. It's, start, it's starting to go to the fin bait now. We're seeing the anchovies and the, and the uh, sardines now getting, actually getting bit on the boats. But it was just a changeover within the last week that this has happened. So it's, it's all good because that's all just getting better and better as we go through this, this season here. And it's going to continually going to get better all the way through. I think it'll hold off if this Nino structure that they've got below pushes up. We're going to be looking at the same stuff in October we're looking at now. All right. We have an exclusive GPS location update here <laughs> on Rod and Reel Radio. Those numbers are 33 degrees. 32. Oh, my screen went dead. Can you believe that? <laughs> 33 degrees. 32, 561, 118 degrees, 41 nine seven five and uh that was the zone right there so anybody listening in you want to take a flyer and go look up off the west end what you can do to go to catalina catch a bunch of yellows get your limits of yellows and then go out there on a flyer and drag some of those marauders around that you can pick up at uh angler's arsenal after john orders some more (laughs) after i get more in i've got them on order hey uh phil you know we were talking with bill wilkerson from the malahini out of h&m landing and uh uh, you know, three-quarter day boat, they've had great fishing. But, you know, if you want to see good fishing right now, you don't have to go on these extended trips. Even the half-day trips are doing okay. Yeah, and uh, talking about Bill Wilkerson and the Malahini, how about that 126.5-pound bluefin tuna caught by a 16-year-old kid on the Malahini earlier in the week? A tremendous catch. I mean, a fish that people spend thousands of dollars to go on multi-day trips to catch. <laughs> And this 16-year-old kid goes out there and catches that. You're so right, John. I mean, we saw that up here in L.A. for a time when those yellows were corroded all over the horseshoe and the rigs. And now down there in San Diego, you guys have got some really great opportunities. And those opportunities are coming also to Orange County and Los Angeles. They're creeping up here. It won't be much longer. But you're so right about this. It's such a unique opportunity for everybody to take advantage of. Yeah, Phil. Hey, Hey, John. 
Yeah. Hey, John, you know how you were talking about the purple and black marauders? Yes. Also, the purple purple and black feathers and the um, plain cedar plugs. The cedar plugs were knocking them dead. Oh, wow. I know purple and black cedar plugs, too. We're out of them. Hey, Phil, I know we got a lot more to talk about, and I always like you to talk about how people can get a hold of you, but we got just a limited amount of time. But please remind us again, you're having a blood drive. Where can we go to take advantage of that? That's, that's Linwood, California at Plaza, Mexico. That'll be next Sunday, July the 19th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Show up. I've got a $45 free fishing trip for you when you donate some blood. And you can catch us at pfomedia.com or in Spanish at aventurasaladelibre.com every single day, John. All right, Phil. Hey, thanks a lot for the great report. I've been following your reports on Facebook. They've been just sensational and it, it's great to hear about the success that the fleet's having on out there. Man, uh, you know, it just didn't seem like it was that long ago when uh, everyone was biting the bullet. And now it's wide open. So it's good to see it turn around like that, Phil. And thanks a lot for being part of the reporting and cluing us in on exactly what's happening in the Southern California waters. My pleasure, John, Wendy, Stan, Wayne, and everybody out there. Have a great finish to your Sunday. All right. Hey, Phil Friedman from... Uh, Phil Friedman Outdoors, uh, thanks a lot, Phil. we uh, got to take a break right now, but coming up next, the California Inshore Report, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this this tuna bite because Wendy just came back from a trip, and we're going to want to get clued on on exactly what happened with her. So stay tuned. More Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring the hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. Also, Wendy Toshihara. 
and the newly named executive director for the California Coast <coughs> California Conservation Association of California, Wayne Coto is with us, and we're going to be talking to Wayne at the six o'clock hour about what the what the association is all about. But hey, before we bring on Captain James of the California Inshore Report. Wendy, you just came back from a long-range trip. Uh, tell us a little bit about the success you had. You know, I just came back from the Independence Iserline Turner's trip, uh, five-day trip, and we had a great time. But I am super happy that I was on such a big boat because we had some snotty weather. We had uh, we had water going over the bow. We had over the wheelhouse. We, uh, you know, our, a couple of rods were lost because the rods fell out of the racks because the weather was so bad. But we all came back. We had a lot of fun. We we ended up catching 140 yellowfin, five bluefin, and 250 yellowtail. And those yellowtail, gosh, they were huge and they fought hard. And the, I, I have to say, congratulations to Stephanie Yonai. She was so timid when she first got on the boat. Her dad bought brought her and her sister on the boat, and she was very timid and shy and quiet. Well, she was in the lead for jackpot for up until the last day, and then someone else beat her, and then at the last minute she she pulled pulled one out of the hat and got a 53-pound yellowfin tuna and won jackpot. Oh, wow. Perfect. That is <laughs> excellent. Man. And it was awesome to see that there were so many... Um, there was this one kid, his name was Hunter, he's from Laguna Beach, and his uncle said, if you get A's and B's, I will take you on the Independence five-day trip. Well, Hunter worked hard, got A's and B's, and his uncle came all the way from Santa Barbara and took him fishing for five days. Oh, way, uncle. <laughs> you know, It's awesome. There were so many families on board. Well, you know, you know and it, this is a family thing, and... And I, I think we talked about it, or uh, uh, Captain Bill Wilkerson talked about it. The young gentleman that caught that fish on the Malahini was visiting from Wisconsin. And it was an annual trip that they were on. So, uh, you know, what a better memory can you make than catching a big tuna like that and visiting the fleet here in San Diego? Well, Wendy, we'll talk a little bit more about your trip, I think, before we're up. But we've got to get here with the California Inshore Report, so let's do that. And I want to remind our listeners, the California Inshore Report with the fish icon, James Nelson, is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. So before we run out of time, let's find out what's happening locally with Captain James Nelson. Captain James, aloha, and how you doing? Aloha, John. <laughs> I'm doing wonderfully. Uh, I know this has been a busy week for you. I've I've been following you on Facebook at uh, James Nelson. And holy mackerel, we talk about kids and families going fishing. I think I saw one day where you had a young man that was standing in the bow of the boat, and he was trying to lift up the tail of this uh, leopard shark, and it was up over his head, and the fish was still uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the head of the fish on the deck of the boat. You've had some great trips this week. We've had some really good trips, John, you know, and uh, even had a few other exploratory trips that paid off pretty well, you know. I guess every once in a while a blind nut finds a squirrel. So it's pretty. It's been pretty good. <laughs> wow. You know, I did see uh, one picture. You had uh, a gentleman out with you, and, and it seemed like uh, – 
one day you're out there and you're you're putting the herd on uh, spotted bay bass and uh, bonefish, and then the next day you got guys lifting uh, tuna in the boat. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah, it's 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 been a really just a, a really good bite around here, and it's it's pretty much it's pick your pleasure because just about everything's biting. Uh, it it really is. I mean, it's it's amazing. It just go out and if there's something you want to catch, you want to target, great, we'll target it. If not, you just want to go around and catch, see what's biting. I mean, it's really good. You could just do a checklist and check things off your list as you catch them. It's really fun. Yeah, but are you trolling marauders? <laughs> For the bonefish only, Stan. <laughs> In the back bay. In the back yeah, bay we're looking for the wahoo there. back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Captain Jim, you are merciless. I, uh, I I texted Captain Jim the other day and said, Heck, Captain Jim, uh, where are you guys catching bonefish? And he says, Well, you know, just book a trip with me and I'll show you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jim, because I know you spend a lot of time finding these fish for your customers, so it, it's great to hear about it. But right now, coming up this week, what does it look like you're going to be targeting? Uh, I know, I think you've got at least one, maybe two tuna trips planned, don't you? Yeah, I got one with uh, our buddy Chuck tomorrow, and so we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think the good thing about Chuck and I is, you know, if we get in a rut and don't find fish early, we'll just go catch us a calico and, and try to save our day. <laughs> yeah, yep. You know what? Uh, I think the uh, time that I had the pleasure going out with you, we did the same thing. We didn't see much happening at the Nine Mile Bank, so we swung around in the La Jolla. And that that's really one of the nice things about going out with you like that because you get the time that if something isn't happening there, you can change gears and, and go after something somewhere else where it, is, where it is happening. Yeah, you know, I, and that's that's something that is always present. It's always an option because of the where we are and what we have. I mean, and, you know, on our, on our skiff, we're not going to go 20, 30 miles offshore. So it's not like when you do that, you're pretty much stuck to finding your own way. And if you can't find the birds and the puddling fish and the kelp, you're out of luck because you're not just going to drop down to the bottom when you're out there measuring depth and fathoms. Uh, What's really nice is if you stay somewhat local, you know, nine mile or even inward, right now you got a good chance to catch a tuna. you got a good chance of finding a kelp patio, some yellowtail. And if for some reason that doesn't turn out, it's not that far of a drive to just hit, you know, Sunset Cliffs or La Jolla area and, and just go get you a calico, maybe some lingcot. So it's really nice knowing that those options are there, and we're really blessed with having that on our coast. And not only that, Jim, uh, but this season with the abundance of uh, of the bait fish and the food that we've had out there, the ocean has just seemed to be alive with, with porpoise. And, and one of the fishermen came in here, I think it was the beginning of the week, and said their pattern was actually following the whales, the the I guess the whales were on something, and, and behind the whales, they trolled behind the whales as they were breaching, and wham, they were hooked up with tuna. So uh, it's some incredible fishing this season. Yeah, you know, I can believe it because that's that's what I've been seeing and, and talking with the other guys out there, and that's really what it is. And, you know, the amazing thing, John, is as good as it seems right now, this is just the tip of the iceberg because there's still a lot of guys coming back 
better, not seeing the right signs and not catching fish, that tells me that there's gaps, there's spaces between the grooves of where guys who are finding the fish, those gaps and those grooves are going to be filled in later. And it's going to be, I mean, we really haven't had a huge storm yet, so we haven't had anything to really kick up the kelp patties like we did last year by this time. We had more more patties out there, and that really helps with a lot of fish. It helps with the Dorado, it helps with the yellowtail, and it helps with finding even some of the tuna. So I think once we get a little more kelp debris out there and uh, we start processing, going through more bait, and there's less bait there, the whales move on a little bit more north, I, th- I think it's just really going to light up come August and September. Well, now, if we Jim, get this hurricane oh, cool. action down south and some of that storm stuff comes up here a little bit, we're supposed to have some rain this weekend. I'm going to be out fishing in it. I'll find out. Well, I'll know more later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're seeing the activity, you know, and gosh, the, the fishing is just turning on in a lot of different areas where they started to eat the fin bait, which is really a good thing. And so, I, you know, they were just talking about somebody was trolling marauders three miles out of the breakwater there and, and getting bit. This is pretty crazy stuff right now. That's, it's all good. It's just going to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Jim, you know, uh, we're talking about this great offshore bite and fishing in the kelp and, and going nine miles out and going over to La Jolla and everything else like that. But there's a lot of people that are out there. They don't have either the time or the inclination or, for that matter, maybe the gear to go out and do that. They still are wondering what's happening in the back bay of San Diego or in San Diego Bay General or over in, in Mission Bay. And, and tell me, there's as good a fishing there as there's just about been uh, also. So they they don't, if someone has to go out and just fish the bay, they're not losing anything when it comes to a fishing experience. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, they're, they're missing out on, as a matter of fact, I'd say it's almost the other way around. Guys going out there, you know, chasing for the signs to luckily stumble across maybe one tuna if, if they're lucky. Some guys are coming back, like I said, with empty bags. And uh, where the guys in the bay are going out catching 30, 40 fish, easy, and they're big ones. There's the, the bay bass, especially the spotted ones. They're just spawning like crazy, and so and they're eating everything in sight. And we were inundated with both those red crabs recently, and just lots of fin fish. And these fish are just gobbling. They're you know they're burning calories during their spawn. They're replenishing twice as many with all the bait that's present. And it's just it's a bass fest like crazy. Everywhere from 10 to 45 feet deep, they're everywhere. And you get on them, and you get on the right cycle, and you can just load the boat, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, because we're catching and releasing them. But you can just uh, catch them like crazy. Guys throwing Bama rigs, catching three or four fish per per <laughs> rig. I mean, it's just awesome. Now we're talking. <laughs> you know, and I heard from Tommy Gomes, which I think is the ultimate sign, that the tuna are on their way. Tommy was back fishing in the uh, the South Bay, fishing at about eight feet of water, and he came across a load of flying fish as he was uh, uh, zipping along that uh, uh, were uh, you know uh, disturbed and 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 popped up in front of him. And the back bay of San Diego said so that only means that those tuna are probably herding all that bait north, and the bait is trying to find some place to get the heck out of the way, and San Diego Bay is the first stop. Have you, have you ever heard flying fish in San Diego Bay? 
That's insane. I haven't seen it, and yeah, I heard about that from the same source. And again, if it hadn't come from him, uh, you know, then again, I'm still not sure. You know, I don't know. Maybe he was up late last night opening some restaurant for somebody. I don't know. I, I would gear. I would just gear up. <laughs> you know, That's amazing. Get some forty pound gear out there for that bay. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, it would. Any more? I'm out of surprises. I mean, it's just. I had a customer catch a sea cucumber on a jig, on, on an iron. He, you know, yo-yo on an iron caught a sea cucumber the other day. So, <laughs> you know, I'm done with being surprised anymore. <laughs> You're targeting the wrong species. You should be looking for wahoo and marlin back there now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, and you know, there could be some Jack Cravel back there. There are reports of Jack Cravel uh, uh, back there, so who knows? Wow. Wow, what we'll a great see. season. Hey, Captain James, uh, I know uh, uh, you have a few spots or very few spots actually left in your schedule, but if people want to see your schedule, talk to you about a trip, maybe find out what they have to do to go offshore and, and chase those tuna or, or stay in San Diego Bay and, and, and go after bonefish, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, the best way is by phone. Uh, you can go online. It's thefishicon.com. Check out everything. You can uh, fill out a little uh, request for a date if you'd like. Or I can still say the best way is give me a call, 619-395-0799. Wow. And, Captain James, uh, I hope you keep me abreast of what you guys do tomorrow. I've got a special interest in you and Chuck going on out there and, and trying to see if you can pop some of those tuna. I, I wish you a lot, a lot of luck on that. That's going to be fun. It looks like, uh, Wayne, did you say that it looks like the water's laying down again? Or It laid down yesterday. It was pretty flat out there. Yeah. But, you know, the wind's going to be picking up as the week goes on. So so, so Monday's going to be a great day to fish out there. Go, go out there and get them, Jim. Well, yeah, I, you know, I can guarantee you with Chuck and I, it's going to be three footers coming from the south with four footers from the, uh, you know, northeast uh, mix with uh, ground swell. You know, it's it's going to be wind chop at thirty miles. It's Chuck and I, so I know Chuck it's on the bow. <laughs> hey, Captain James, Sea Fish Icon, thanks a lot for that great report on what's happening in our Southern California waters. I look forward to talking to you during the week and hearing your report next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio. Thanks for being with us, Jim. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. You have a great week. All Good right. Again, buddy. Hey, hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod Real Radio. You know, if you missed any of the show, just go to rodreelradio.com, hit the archive page, and we'll have that posted probably about Tuesday. Or you can go back and listen to any of the shows that we've run for the past few years. Well, as I said, that's it again for the first uh, half of the show. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, the newly named Executive Director of the Coastal Conservation Association of California. He's going to be with us. He's been with us commenting on some of the fishing topics we've been talking about. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Conservation Association and, and what it means and what it's all about. So stay tuned. A lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can.
can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at VoteCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with a brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And welcome back to Ron Real Radio, Southern California. I'm a host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And along with me is Stan Vandenberg, Winnie Toshihara, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you a fellow that's been a good friend of ours for a long time, but he is now the newly named Executive Director of the Coastal Conservation Association of California, better known as the CAA of California, Mr. Wayne Cotto. Wayne, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. Glad you, to be here. You know, I, we're going to talk about the CAA here in a little bit, but just to, you know, prove to uh, some of our listeners that don't know you that you're not just some desk jockey pushing a pen behind a desk, uh, you are a fisherman. Tell us a little bit about your background in fishing. 
Uh, born and raised uh, up in Orange County, been fishing uh, L.A. down to Orange County uh, most of my life. I moved away for about five years, came back. I'm in San Diego since 2000. I have two boats. I fished the sport boat fleet. I've gone long range. Uh, my credentials are all the way up to a 235-pound tuna, uh, wahoo under my belt. Uh, I've caught a marlin over in Hawaii. I've, I've fished all around the world. And every place I go, I will try to get a line wet every chance I get. And I love freshwater and saltwater fishing. Hey, before we get into talking about the CAA, we were talking a little bit about some of the stuff that was happening a little more offshore. You know, a lot of the reports we were getting were really close to the inshore. But, you know, during the break, we were talking a little bit about kelps and what's happening outside. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you know or what you've heard? Yeah, James kind of uh, alluded to it, and we heard it a little bit from Mark Tapp, uh, uh, Bob Tapp last week, that we just don't have the kelp that we used to because we haven't seen the storm break the kelp off. Um, but what we're finding is a lot of people, the private boat fleet and the sport boat fleet, we stayed inside for the last few, almost couple of months now because that's where all the fish were uh, following the red crab and a little bit of fin bait that we had. Um, what we're seeing now is... Because the Nine Mile Bank, the 181, 182, and the and the 43 got so much pressure the last few weeks, it kind of got picked. Yeah, there's some still some tuna at the North Nine Mile Bank. That's what everybody's trying to uh, focus on. But what we're not hearing is what's the private fleet doing? They're going out to the 302, the 470, uh, 371, the 425. If you find that magic kelp, a lot of times it hasn't been picked because there's not as many people going out that way. Uh, to go find them. Now, if you're in the Mexico waters, you got to stay off the bluefin, but there's yellowfin. People haven't really been talking, but there's Dorado spread out right now all the way from Catalina South. Uh, we've been catching them a little bit every week. They'll, they'll pop up on the reports once in a while. So uh, it, it looks like that, uh, you know, if Captain James was saying, we've got to wait maybe for one of these hurricanes or some type of weather to come through before we see any migration, a kelp going out in that area, because actually the weather's been just way too nice. Uh, a little bit. It, it it keeps trying to build up. We have the we've already had a couple of hurricanes down south try to move up. We've got a couple more building right now. It's just that timing of how far they're going to push to get the kelp up around us broke off. You know, you know, one of the things we've talked about too is finding floating kelp patterns, and I know that's a big thing of yours. You want to uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that philosophy? My philosophy is is I use my electronics a lot to help me when I'm fishing, and there's patterns to what we do out there. The patterns are is that the, the floating kelps all line up usually along the same breaks. So as a private boater, I've been capturing the patterns of my kelps as I run up on them. One, I, I mark them to find out where, which way they're going. So I'll mark starting position and then a couple more so I can see the pattern. So if I lose sight of it, I can find it real quick because it's on a line. Uh, secondly, I go back in time because we have repeating cycles of fishing. So I'll use my GPS coordinates from years gone by when we have similar patterns, and I go on back and look on those dates to find out where I was finding the kelp. If you go with the guys on my boat, they'll tell you, I can usually find the kelp the kelp in a certain area within a mile of it, and it's because they always line up in the same zones. All right. So now I'm going to start this off again, Wayne. We're going to introduce you as not only the executive director for the Coastal Conservation Association of California, known as the CCA, but also 
fisherman extraordinaire, has a little experience, know what he might be talking about when we talk about conservation and management of the resource. The, the, the CCA, the, uh, the Coastal Conservation Association, came on with, it just seemed like with um, a lot of fanfare at the, uh, at the beginning of the season, there was a great push uh, during the, uh, uh, the shows to get people aboard, to try and educate people about it. A lot of people, though, maybe still didn't know about it at the shows or didn't go to the shows. Great listening audience out there that we have. Tell us a little bit about the uh, CCA and, and what it's all about. The purpose of the CCA is to advise and educate the public on conservation and marine resources. Our objective of the CCA is to conserve, promote, and enhance the present and future availability of those coastal resources for the benefit and enjoyment of the general public. So in a nutshell, if you look at what we are trying to do, we are the next version uh, or next generation of United Anglers helping fishing advocacy rights for our fishermen along the coast. But on top of that, CCA is about conservation. So it's about our, uh, having structure out there, having it available to the fishermen, and replenishing the fish. Those are our three main uh, goals that we are trying to impart right now. And, Wendy, uh, I want to bring you in on this, too, because you have also you know, checked out uh, the CCA, and I think you've seen something there with the CCA that you haven't seen with some of the organizations, uh, other organizations, and you are actually, I believe, on the executive board. Tell us about what you've seen with the uh, uh, the CCA that has really, uh, uh, you know, caught your interest. I actually went out to Texas and was able to see what they have done out there, and everybody in Texas who fishes is a member of CCA, they fully support it. And that's because um, the fishermen are stewards of the marine environment, and they're working hard to protect the health and habitat and sustainability of our marine resources, which means that we're going to have more fish to catch, but there's also going to be plenty of, of, of fish for everyone to, you know, whether they want to go to uh, uh, a marine protected area, there'll be fish for them to go see over there or anywhere else. But it, it, it's so interesting to see and so neat to see that what Texas have, has done because they actually have two marine in, uh, science institutes that they've built where they've done what United Anglers has done in regards to raising fish um, like we did with the white sea bass. They're also doing that with redfish, pigfish, uh, speckled trout, and uh, one of their flatfishes. Wow. You know, and, and to bring that up, uh, Wayne and Wendy, it, it looks like one of the first things that the, the CCA California did is they got involved with the Hub SeaWorld's uh, a Research Institute with the programs that Hub's running over there uh, with uh, not only the white sea bass but now with halibut. And they're looking at, at doing more with a lot of other species of fish. That's absolutely true. We have uh, assumed the responsibility uh, that United Anglers had with uh, hubs uh, to keep it running, uh, keep them insured and everything, and we are on board full um, and fully funded to, hap- to help them out. And the, the, we're ready to go with that next species, but it's uh, now within the hands of the CDFW to make the decision on what species that they're going to allow us to do, to, to uh, uh, put at the hatcheries. 
you know, and, and we're hoping that they're going to allow us. I mean, we, we have picked a couple of species, and um, I know it's no secret, and, and I can go ahead and talk about it, but we're hoping for halibut and yellowtail. And and especially with halibut, uh, man, that would be a, a great shot in that arm for that resource, even though we're, we seem like we're seeing a resurgence in the catching of the California halibut off our shores. We've had some great catches this year, and it's been a good season already for halibut. Yeah. But if you look at what we're, our, our goals are, and if you go back to our definition of we're trying to help with the, keep the fisheries open, we want to help with structure, and then we want to help with replenishment, I mean, halibut would be such a natural fit, you know, along with the white sea bass, because it's something that we can replenish right there in that fishery that we're trying to develop, you know, and they'll stay home, and it only helps us in the long run. I, I look at it kind of like a the trout replenishment program, you know, the hatcheries with them. So. You know, Wayne, I, I know that uh, your uh, duties are going to be seeing uh, overseeing operations and fundraising and and support of membership and all that kind of stuff too. But I've got to see that one of the one of your big responsibilities is trying to work with a lot of these splinter groups that are well intentioned uh, environmental groups uh, uh, or people that are trying to promote the sport that have just kind of taken off on themselves to try and promote a particular cause here and there because of the fact that there didn't seem to be a lot of leadership in that area. Because there seem to be a lot of organizations that are out there, good intentioned, a lot of them we don't really know where the, where the monies or the funds go to. They seem to be out there, but there's a lot of organizations out there. And I'm hoping, one of the things I'm hoping is that the CCA can bring a lot of these people together so we can talk as one voice because that's really important is to talk as one voice. You have hit that one right on the head. Um, that is absolutely one of my goals is to try to consolidate all of us anglers together for the common cause. Uh, if, if we saw anything with United Anglers as big as they were, as well as uh, funded at the time that they were and everything, they didn't stand a chance when it came down to the, the problem. The structure of CCA with the national organization going to the state, to the local chapters, to be able to do a call to action with over 100,000 members that are already on board nationally, the 1,500 members that we already have gotten here, and we haven't even scratched the surface of membership drives or chapter development yet, but to be able to use that size and be able to push and pull as we need to go after certain efforts, that is the key in the success of somebody like a CCA and why we're all getting behind it. The structure is correct. Uh, we're going to take it slower because that's smarter to do uh, rather than shotgun starting it. Uh, we're going to be very controlled on our growth and our expansion, but we're going to do it right. That's the, that's the whole point. We're going to do it correctly, and we won't grow faster than we can handle it. We won't go out there and be able to take on 100,000 issues that are always going to be out there. We're going to be very strategic on the issues that we take on one at a time or as we can handle them successfully. That's our goal. Yeah, because I know you're the director for California and this whole, uh, you know, momentum for the CCA is starting here in Southern California. You still have a whole northern part of the state, and it seems like any of the problems that we have down here in the southern part of the state are really caused by what's happening up in Sacramento and some of the areas up north. So it seems like bringing the CCA to northern California 
is going to be a really important task and probably one of your prime objectives. That is absolutely correct. Uh, it is a goal to get up there. But, again, it, it, everything that we do starts with fundraising. Can't do anything without funds to be able to support any of these initiatives. So we have to get our feet under us, building chapters, starting fundraisers, getting that income coming through. The very next uh, person that we're going to be supporting on the payroll is a lobbyist to go into Sacramento to start helping us get a voice up there. And then we'll just continue to do that. We've got to build our chapters down here because a lot of our support comes from down here on the board. Um, and it seems like we'll be better able to handle the structure down here faster. Once we get our legs under us for Southern California, then we'll be moving up to Central and Northern California. They are totally different beasts than what we have down here. You know, the, the issue with all of the different types of fish, the fisheries, the delta, the water, all of those things. Uh, but right now, we need to we need to get our legs under us. Well, you know, your organization is uh, actually just looking off the a lot of the issues around the coastal region of the California coast. And what do we have? We've got 850 miles of, of coast. But when you get up in Northern California, you are, or even here in Southern California, are you also talking about bays, estuaries? When you get up in San Francisco, San Francisco Bay, Sassoon Bay, or you know, how far inland do you go? Yeah, we're, we mainly control uh, or look and focus on the coastline. That's that's the premise behind it. I mean, how far in? I don't know if there's a true definition of that at this point because there's such a tie between what happens. Like you're thinking with the bays and the estuaries going in and out, feeding each other. So we haven't actually discussed it and defined that at this point because it's so it's not there yet. We're not to that point. Our focus right now. But we right are now, a saltwater. But we are a saltwater-based organization. Correct. That is correct. We are saltwater-based. All right. Hey guys, it's time to take a break right now. We are with the. Uh, the newly named executive director for the Coastal Conservation Association of California, Mr. Wayne Kotow, and, and Winnie Toshihar is also on the board of directors. We're going to talk more about some of the issues that the association is going to be facing here in the future and how maybe you can get involved if this is something that you are interested in doing. And if you have a fishing license or if you fish in the salt water, I can't see any reason why you don't want to get involved. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stan, Wendy, Wayne, and myself will be back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced anglers, first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshar. And we have with us the newly named Executive Director of the Coastal Conservation Association of California, more commonly known as the CCA, and Wayne Kotow. And Wayne, um, this organization is one that already has some established legs throughout the country. I mean, it is it just isn't something that just started up, uh, you know, a year ago or a few months ago. 
They have a track record in a lot of different states, I think 17, and they have already taken head on a a lot of issues. So this is something that we as fishermen should really be welcoming to uh, California to, to help us. Yes, they've absolutely, they've been around for 36 years in Texas. Um, they've, they started down there. Uh, they've done a lot along the Gulf, and then they worked their way uh, along the south all the way to Florida, done a lot there, and worked their way up the uh, eastern seaboard, came over to uh, Oregon and Washington, and we were the big nut they wanted, and we're finally on board. So this is a great accomplishment for them. Uh, they've done things to help with outlawing destructive uh, commercial fishing gear, uh, protected game fish from designations, funded fin fish hatcheries and marine science labs. They've created national marine and habitat programs, supported marine law enforcement, awarded marine science scholarships. They've defended conservation gains in court, forced bycatch reductions and regulations, and prevented arbitrary no fishing zones. So they've done a little bit of everything. Uh, their big claim down in Texas is all about protecting the redfish fishery down there, which they've done a really good job doing. Um, and we are just excited to have their support, their organization, their experience, and the federal side, their support on legislation there. You know, and Wendy, you can jump on on this. You know, we just went through the prolonged process of the MLPAs, and I think the fishermen thought we've got science behind us, we've got common sense behind us, uh, and... There isn't any reason why uh, maybe our way of thinking might have prevailed, and it turns out that a lot happened that was a lot completely different. And I think uh, uh, what we realized that there is there are a lot of big powers and a lot of big money and organizations that are out there that are actually looking on taking away a lot of the rights that we have as fishermen and a lot of our opportunities. And I think this is one of the reasons why the CCA is going to be good for California because it's going to give us a tool that we just never had. And I know we're... That's exactly... Yeah, Wendy, I... I, Go on, Wendy. That's exactly right, John. Um, We need to be organized. And uh, without the organization, um, we won't be able to do what we need to do in order to protect our access and our rights to fish. So, so, um, you know, hopefully... uh, all of the anglers here in California will see that that they should be a part of CCA, and there's a huge need for this organization. You know, Wayne, I, I know we're just talking about the emphasis of this organization because there's a whole lot of interest, uh, infrastructure to, to set up, and, and again, you're talking about having to go up to Northern California, and there's programs up there that really concern those people that we have absolutely little or, or no sense of what's happening, but what, your your responsibility, I guess, is going to be to start getting this all together, start doing the fundraising, and start getting this infrastructure together. That's true. Uh, that everybody just needs to understand that nothing gets done without the fundraising side of it because the fundraising is what gives you the legs to do all of the programs that we want to uh, put out there. Fundraising, chapter development, membership drives, everybody needs to participate. That's that's our goal right now. Southern California is the focus because we have a lot of good support down here already. Um, we have, we're, we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for leadership potential people to help us out at the local level. But uh, right now, 
we're going to focus L.A., Orange County, San Diego to get off the bat, uh, set up fundraisers, and, and, again, get the funding up because as soon as we get some funding up, regular funding, then that will help us to get the lobbyists. That will help us to do the reef projects or even the uh, hubs, continue the hubs uh, institute stuff. I guess the way we so can Wayne, go, go on, uh, Wendy. So, so Wayne, since you're on that subject, if somebody was interested in becoming uh, a chapter president or in volunteering or or um, any number of things and want to get involved in CCA, how would they contact you? They can contact me on my email at kotoww at yahoo.com, or they can call me at 858-232-5721. You know, uh, Wayne, it just uh, it really seems like uh, uh, there's different ways that people can involve, get involved. And I think the first thing is actually membership in the association. And tell us a little bit about what that involves. The basic membership is through CCA. Uh, that's at uh, joincca.org. Uh, anybody can go up, and you can standard membership is $30 a year. That gets that gets you on our database. So then that database is, is very, very important because if we ever have to do another MLP effort and we need to do that call to action, that level of database is what we use to push out and say, come, up, come and help us. Come support this initiative. Go write these people, uh, whether it's your representatives or CDFW or whoever it is that we need to go, you know, press on to get answers or support from. So that's your standard membership. After that, we have all different levels from $100 up to $10,000 worth of level sponsorships, lifetime members, um, and we are always looking for that kind of level donation and support for whatever somebody can afford to do. You know, I've, I've learned being part of organizations the past membership, you know, that that covers just the basics. But you're talking about fundraisers and everything else like that. That's an important step. And, and that's really where uh, a lot of the the money to get the organization going and keep it propelled, you know, forward and, and fighting a lot of the stuff that you, you plan to be taking on. The fundraisers are, are as important, if not more important, than almost a membership. Absolutely. And, and just because we, we keep talking about conservation and advocacy and all that doesn't mean that we're not fishermen and want to have fun. We want to make sure that these fundraisers are something that people want to attend. They're attending because they fund. They're getting something out of it. Uh, they're, they're talking with other uh, fishermen. And gosh knows all of us like to go hang out at the bar and talk about fishing. There's never a problem with that. So, and you know, and, and you know, the the industry, the fishing industry, is in whole support of CCA. Every every single manufacturer, um, tackle store, um, line company, hook company, we're all one hundred percent behind CCA. And so, if you go to one of our fundraisers, it's going to be amazing. We're, we're going to make it so fun, but but yet. There's going to be so many raffle prizes that these guys can win, and it's going to be well worth it. Great values is what we're going to hopefully have for everybody because, like she's saying, all of the major companies are on board with us, including the landings and the sport boats are all going to be on board because if you look at it, it's for everybody. This is an industry-level support uh, vehicle. You know, the one thing we never had before, I mean, especially United Anglers, we got kind of torpedoed by it by that whole situation there. But 
but that one thing that we never had was the the freshwater and the saltwater fishermen kind of unite in the, in California, which I think this has all the earmarks that that might work, especially with Northern California. I know a lot of the guys that are on the bass fishing side of things like the saltwater fish too. Um, it, it just has all the earmarks of make, making a, a real unit out of, out of the fishing uh, public that are out there and the guys that are on the even the guys that are fishing professionally you know they're their sponsors they understand the the need to be behind the fishing whether it's saltwater or freshwater so i think this has really got legs well you know wayne we uh, we have though with freshwater saltwater fishermen we do have some some uh commonality with regards to what's trying to be legislated against us and if it isn't areas to to go fish it's the actual products that we're fishing with. So whether it's freshwater or saltwater, this is uh, uh, you know uh, an example of the type of thing that hopefully uh, uh, we can we can go and be represented and and maybe get something done instead of having it done to us. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really want to make sure that that we do this one right and that we can all get together behind the common cause instead of all the little infighting that we had between the little groups because nothing gets accomplished then. I mean, you got to understand, our competition that we're fighting against, they're well organized. They are extremely well funded, and they have the ear of the legislation and the powers to be right now. Their agenda is set, and it's got a, a target right on us. So that's why I'm very I'm being cautious with you. We have to be very organized and strategic about how we go about getting things done. Nothing's that's done without funding because we have to be able to withstand the things like what UA ran into in the, in the courts. But, you know, we got to get our legs under us. Let's go get the lobbyists started. Let's go get people in place in the powers that be that can affect the changes that we're looking for. Those are the efforts that we got to go try for. But, again, fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. That's that's how it all works. Every sports fisherman, I think, wants to be a part. I think everyone will contribute. Everyone wants to rest assured that no matter how big or how little their contribution is, that their contribution is going to the particular project or cause that they'd like to see be done. And, Wayne, you're right about our opposition. Not only is our opposition well-funded, but the same people that are funding our opposition, and this is just the uh, elephant in the room, they're also funding a lot of the legislatures and the people that are in Sacramento to also get their particular priorities uh, you know, accomplished. And that's one of the things that uh, we're going to be working against. And our organization has to be sharp and to the point. And we got to quit being reactionary. We're going to have to start being a little bit more on the uh, the offense in the future. Again, we got to get our legs under us before we can do anything moving forward. But again, we want to have fun. We're still fishermen. The fishing's great outside. Let's let's get the chapters going because that's important. Let's get some good leadership in there. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on is that as a chapter is developed, somebody from that chapter will be represented on the board of directors, so their voices are going to be heard at the local level. And we have a very strong board of directors uh, already in place. Some powerhouses like Wendy here on the radio show with you. She's one of the board members. Um, and they're all very active in our fishing. They were all active in the MLPA efforts. 
So, and, and, and the board's only going to get larger as, as we grow. So I'm, I'm really excited about what our opportunities are in the future. Well, and I'm really excited that you're our new executive director, Wayne, and congratulations. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah, me too, actually. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, my background in, with fundraising and working in the fishing industry and then in all my corporate experience back, going back into the Bumblebee days have really worked well to help me be ready to take on this position. Um, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic. The CCA national support that we're going to have, the structure, the, the programs that they have in place, the, the, the guidance that they're going to provide because they've been through this before in the other states. That's, that's wealth of information and knowledge and support right there gives us a leg up. And then the support that we saw at Fred Hall – by the membership, we had people come all the way down from San Francisco, all the way out to the outlying areas uh, along the hills and out in the Pali Deserts, all the way down to the southern reaches of, of below San Diego, out to uh, out to um, the Kern County area. Uh, all are signed up as members right now. We have about 1,500 members already after working Fred Hall shows and a couple other shows below that, and that's unbelievable. It's a great start. You know, do we have a, a way? How do? This is just a thought here. I I run three different charters. All of, of guys. There's 75 guys that basically are 80 guys that go fishing with me, that probably are not members that would solidly back something like this because we've been. It's been too long since we had really somebody on our side, and they all get it. So. You know, even the sport boats, we could have information where it was available to the guys that are running out right now and people that are actually going fishing that know that we need to do something. But how do we do – what do we do? How do we get in touch with uh, you or, or the organization? What do we need to do? Is $5 enough? Is $100 too much? What's the deal? Yeah. Well, you know what, Dan? You happen to, um, to mention something really important is that – a lot of people at the Fred Hall show, they were asking me, you know, with this $30 membership, how much stays here in California? The $30 goes to national. Anything above $30 will stay here in California. So, you know, by donating $50 or $100 or $75 or whatever, or becoming a lifetime member, $30 of that goes to national to help support us here in California. Wow. All right. Well, you know, it, it seems like the uh, the uh, uh, Coastal Conservation Association is here to stay. We look forward to seeing it grow and taking on some of these issues that we're going to be seeing because God only knows, you know they're going to be out there. There are people that are out there trying to curtail your right to go out fishing for whatever reason, and uh, we need someone to speak. And the association is the way to do it. And Wayne? You know, Wayne, I'd like to, before we go here on the break, I'd like to get something uh, that I can hand out to everybody that I've got on this charter coming up this weekend. I leave on Friday afternoon okay. uh, or evening. And, and start promoting and have these guys be in, in touch with, they're in touch with a lot of other guys also. They can do handouts. They can give the information to somebody so we can continue this thing and start it moving forward. I think the more people you can do hand to hand on this, the better we can get. So somewhere along the way, um, between now and Friday, I'll either get a hold of John or you. But I want to get information so I can hand it out to my guys. Absolutely, I, I have a, a flyer that you can hand out. 
Just All right. Off. I appreciate that. And Wayne, again, people want to get in contact with you directly for more information. How's the best way to do it? You can email me at kotoww at yahoo.com or my cell, 858-232-5721. All right. Hey, uh, Wayne, thank you for being with us. I invite you to stay with us because uh, coming up next, we're going to have Bob Simons. Bob has come out with a non-pyrotechnic signaling device that I think you're going to want to hear all about. Every boater will probably need one, want one, but you got to wait. More more messages to come after these short commercials. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler H2Earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet. The 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 is the open party boat at H&M Landing in San Diego and has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs, soda fountain, ice maker, and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. Hey, we want to welcome you back to our Rod Reel Radio. Hey, it's my pleasure to introduce to you the next guest, our next guest. He's a 35-year member of the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and he has come up with a device that is Coast Guard-approved that we are hoping are going to replace the 
burden of having pyrotechnic flares on board with us when it comes to signaling a SOS or whatever it is. It's Mr. Bob Simons. Bob, welcome to the show, sir. Well, good afternoon. That, that Your previous speaker, the CCA, sounds like somebody that I need to get a hold of. It's, it's someone we, we all need to get a hold of, Bob, but, you know, we're talking, or one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, I've known you for many years, and I know that you are an educator when it comes to boat safety. Uh, you've worked with the Coast Guard Auxiliary and, and done safety in, inspections on hundreds of boats uh, throughout your uh, career with the uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary. But tell us a little bit about how this new product came about and what are you trying to do with it? Well, uh what we were looking at is I've been doing vessel safety checks along with uh, teaching boating classes for many years. and I've probably done close to a 1,000 vessel safety checks, and probably half of the people that fail uh, fail because they have either outdated flares or don't uh, no flares or things like that. And I just got uh, tired of it, and I called the Coast Guard one day about two years ago, and I said, hey, guys, uh, there's got to be some alternative to these pyrotechnic flares and uh, the flare guns. And uh, they told me uh, that, well, there's an electric SOS signal light that would comply with the rules and eliminate the need for pyrotechnic flares. They were great. I thought that was a wonderful idea. So where can I buy these alternative uh, SOS lights? Well, then the uh, Coast Guard came back and said, well, nobody makes one. Well, that kind of bewildered me. So uh, I asked them, well, uh, is, isn't there anybody that makes them? Or, uh, you know, why don't I make one? And they said, great. We'd, we'd love to have an alternative to these flares. So that was really the a beginning of quite an adventure that I, I went through. I, I approached a longtime buddy of mine, uh, Anthony Cabelli, and he's an electrical engineer, and together we worked up a design for a, a light that meets, uh, actually exceeds all of the Coast Guard and CFR requirements for a light. Um, we uh, did many, many designs and uh, prototypes and patent searches and more patent searches and threw more and more money away. But uh, we finally came up with it, and today we have uh, a couple of patents on our SOS light, and the Coast Guard has taken a look at it and say it meets everything that we want. So... That's where we are right now. Well, let's talk a little bit, Bob, let's talk a little bit about flares. Uh, I mean, uh, flares have been used for since, you know, almost since, uh, you know, seamen have been sailing the seas in one uh, shape or another. But when it comes to the safety issue, uh, what what are some of the problems that uh, come up with flares? Well, flares, number one, uh, they have to be replaced every three years which is kind of a pain in the neck. And also, uh, when you light them off, uh, they burn at about 2,000 degrees, uh, and 
they have to be held overboard, and you really can't hold them up high. And the flares are are just downright dangerous. Uh, a lot of individuals are are scared to ever light one. I when I do boat inspections, I generally have the people uh, say, "Well, how do you use your flare?" I say, "I don't know. I've never used it. I just go out and replace it." And every three years. And then, well, what do you do to uh, with the old ones? Well, I keep them in this box down here in the bilge. I've been on boats that had 40 or 50 <laughs> used or old, uh, not used, but old flares in various states of, um, of deterioration. And one of the reasons that uh, we did this is that the, the flares cannot be disposed of easily. The Coast Guard won't take them. Most fire departments don't have any way of getting rid of them. Uh, we, I talked to the people up at the Hazardous Waste uh, Department in, here in San Diego, and they won't take them because it's considered hazardous waste. In fact, it's considered a Type 4 hazard, explosive hazardous waste. I don't know exactly where they come up with the explosive part of it, but uh, uh, that's that's what they call it. Uh, and so we've had a problem, and in many states of the Union, these are actually being outlawed. Uh, the the flare is burns too hot; uh, it's dangerous. Some people can't even uh, light them because uh, they don't have the strength. And on top of that, we have about 30 million flares that are going to go out of date within the next three years. Um, and that adds to the 60 or 70 million flares that are already sitting on boats in one form or another of deterioration. Wow. That's, I, that's why. It, it just seems yeah. like this, this is a such a big problem because of the fact that this isn't a product that you can just take and throw in the trash can and say, "Okay, I've taken care of my responsibility and got out new flares." <laughs> this is this is a problem where you you've actually got this this dangerous material that is stored in the in the bilge or the hull of your boat that is stored in your garage somewhere or in your business or whatever it is that is almost a ticking time bomb. It definitely is, and it's a ticking time bomb to the point that when you do dispose of it uh, in a landfill or someplace like that, usually illegally because you can't actually uh, put it into a dumpster legally, uh, it actually, because of the chemical inside the flare, it actually pollutes the groundwater because it is one of these chemicals, it's an element that filters on down through the soil and actually goes into our, our water table. Now, uh, that before, it's, before it's burnt or after it's burnt, or both? Well, it's actually both. When you See, it's illegal to fire them off uh, unless there's an emergency. In fact, we were at... Uh, the Southwestern Yacht Club this uh, 4th of July, and we were watching fireworks display, and some people shot some flares off from their boat. Well, they weren't very 
careful about it. One of them landed on the roof of the art club. Fortunately, we were able to get that off. And another one landed on a boat and um, did some serious damage to the deck of the boat before somebody kicked it off. So they're, they're dangerous. Bob, and, uh, in the few minutes that we have left here, what are the advantages of the SOS uh, light uh, that you have come up with uh, uh, and and how just how easily does it work in comparison to trying to deploy a flare? Well, a flare is actually a little bit complicated to light off. Uh, it doesn't not light like a, uh, a road flare. It has to be handheld and you strike it with a, a striker. Uh, the SOS light is a by by law, by CFR regulations, it has a single on-off switch. Can't use, it can't be a flashlight. It can't be a strobe light. It can't be a, a regular uh, white light or green light or red light. Uh, it has to be a single-use on-off switch that has a very bright SOS light on it. Well, this SOS light that we have is visible 360 degrees around and 180 degrees up. We have the patent that we have on it is uh, for the lens that diffuses the light going straight up so that it uh, won't blind the helicopter pilots. Hmm. And um, let's see, the biggest advantage as that I see is the fact that uh, our... SOS light will burn a minimum of six to eight hours at full intensity, and then it kind of peters on down for another three or four days, whereas a player burns for exactly three minutes. All right. And, Bob, just quickly, we want more information about the SOS uh, signaling device. How can we get it, or where can we find it locally? Well, locally, uh, here in San Diego, you can get it at Seabreeze uh, uh, Books and Charts. Uh, they're at 1254 Scott Street, Point Loma. Or you can go online to www.sirussignal.com and find out all the information that you need to know about it there. Right, Bob, and we've already looked about uh, getting the light here at Angler's Arsenal. I've, I've actually seen it. It's a worthwhile device to have. It's, it's uh, fairly economical for what you get, and here's the best thing. It really works. Hey, Bob, <laughs> Bob Simon. Just don't, just yeah, don't look at it when you uh, turn, it, turn it on. All right. It gets real bright. Bob, I appreciate you being with us tonight. Good luck in uh, your adventure, and we'll be keeping track on uh, okay. what's happening with the uh, the Cirrus Signal SOS nighttime distress light. Thanks a lot for being with us, sir. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. All right. Hey, Stan and Wendy, too, uh, thanks a lot. Stan, good luck on your trip coming on up. Well, I'll be in touch with you during the week here. i got questions on that marauder. <laughs> All right. And uh, Wayne has a bunch of flyers. He's going to meet you at the boat dock uh, when you take off, Perfect. and he'll have some flyers for you. Perfect. Hey, And, Wendy, thanks a lot. Uh, you eat well on those fish that you caught. 
great trip. <laughs> I will, and I'm going to be back out on the water on Tuesday, so I'll have something to report to next week. All right. Atta girl. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's it for tonight. Wayne Kotow, thanks a lot for being with us. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, good luck. And we're going to keep track of what you're doing. Hey, that's it for tonight, folks. On behalf of Jr. Ben, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, we look forward to seeing you out in the water. Keep safe. We want to hear from you next Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. here on AM540 Rod Real Radio. Look forward to seeing you on the water. We're out for now.